Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We've just been redefining what it looks like to be the church. How many know churches in a building? That's why we're meeting in a comedy club and it's called church. It's amazing because it's not about the building. It's not about the space. It's what we do in the space. Um, and so we gather. This is the church united. But as soon as you leave here, you are the church in motion. Isn't it great to be church united? This feels good, doesn't it? So worship him, rub shoulders with amazing people, feel the presence of God here. But as soon as you walk out those doors, you are the church in motion. You might be. The only church some people experience. You might be the only Jesus some people meet. No pressure. No pressure, but we got to get our game on. We got to become the church. And so this line, that was church, this has changed. It's not a slam of church. We believe the church is the hope of the world, truly. This is where people are set free. And come alive to their purpose. How many know the world needs people who are coming alive to their purpose? We need a people who know who they are. Who aren't insecure, in doubt, I'm not sure. We need people who are like confident, know they're forgiven, and are able to pour out that forgiveness and love on others. And not a hold back, conditioned way. Well, if you do this for me, I'm going to love you. Uh Uh-uh. We follow Jesus, our example, who said, I've come to give everything and ask for nothing in return. That's the church in motion. So walk in every environment and say, how can we reveal our Father's world? Because in our Father's world, there's perfection, holiness, love, joy, forgiveness, self-control. Come on, somebody. And we take that world and now we reveal it to our world. We say, Father, this is what's going on. We felt heaven here. And now we're looking at ways to reveal it. So we've been talking about that, just becoming the church that everywhere we go, even when you walk into your workspace, your school, you go to Wawa, you're sitting in the Uber. I don't know where you are. You go to the family reunion where all the weird family comes out. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? And you walk into that situation that we are the church looking for ways to reveal heaven, that the wonders in heaven the amazing presence that is happening up in there now becomes signs on the earth below. And it's only by the authority that's given to us that we reveal heaven. And then Ashley brought the word uh, second week and we we talked about life-giving tribes and how you have to be intentional about the tribe you surround yourself with. Now, I'm not talking about all encounters. I'm talking about those who influence you, your inner circle, the people who can speak life into you. And making sure we're aligning and doing a life in circles, not rows. We always say that here. We do life in circles, not rows. Because we believe there's power when you do life in a circle. Because you can ask questions. You can encourage. You can speak truth into sometimes situations of lies. How many know we can get caught up in lies and, and believe something of either our past or something spoke into us. And we can go down a path that's not for us. And we need a circle of people around us who are pouring encouragement and life into us saying, you're meant for more. Don't settle for lazy. God has made you to walk on water, so get out of the boat. And so we we need those life-giving tribes. We need those people around us that can encourage us. And and can I just tell you that you need to align yourself with people 
who are where you want to be. Please do not align yourself with people where you're like, I don't know, they got something going on. Can I just tell you, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me those who you align yourself with, I promise you, I can tell you where you're going to end up. I can give you exact picture. So we're very intentional about being the church that gathers so we encourage each other, right? We pour out into each other so that we can be all that God has designed us to be for the world he's called us to reach. We talked about being a church of conversations. How many were here last week? Church of conversations. We live in a statement world. We live in a very Instagram world where we make statements and walk away. We put things out there, and we don't have to be attached. We don't have to dialogue. We don't have to go deeper. We just make a statement, and it's okay. And sometimes the church can take this on, is we make statements. Well, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe. This is what the Bible says. And it's like, okay, back up, cowboy. You made your statement, and that's great, but statements stop there. Conversations lead to process, and Jesus believed in the power of process. And so we talked about how we're becoming a church of conversations. We're not going to come out and say, brah, this is our statement on this, and brah, this is what we believe about this. We're saying what Jesus did, what God said when he talked to Adam, the first sin ever, when he, took the, he disobeyed God and he, he ate the, the apple and brought sin into the world, all that went down. God didn't come in and say, Adam, you know you're wrong. Adam. What did he do? He engaged him with a question. He said, Adam. Thank you, Siri. You don't have to search for me right now. You can take it easy. I'm preaching. But he engaged Adam with a question. He said, where are you? So we're going to be a church to ask questions and say, hey, tell me your story. A lot of people ask us, where do you stand on this topic? Where do you stand about, about this situation? And I'm always like, I don't know why I always go into that. Like, this might be people who ask questions. I don't know. Um, but people always ask us, like, hey, where do you stand on this topic? Where do you stand in this situation? I say, hey, I got to go out to coffee with you and have a conversation. Like, I got to know where you're at. How'd you get there? You know, what happened? What led to that? We have to dialogue because there's a lot more. So we're being a church of conversations. Today, I want to talk, and I have to give a little, uh, you know, a little foundation to today and just kind of clarify uh, what we're going to be talking about. But a lot of times when I invite people to church, I don't know if you have the same experience, but one of the first things I hear back is like, whoa, I got to get my life together before I go to church. Does anybody else have that experience? When you ask somebody to church, they're like, hold on, I got a lot of things going on right now. I'm not in a place to get involved with the church. Like, I just need to get my life in order, right? Because it's like mindset of like church is for those that are godly. Church are for those that are religious, right? Or you hear people, like a lot of people ask me, it, when they do decide, hey, I'm going to come out to your church, they always say, hey, what should I wear? Right? You get this? Or is it just me? Are you engaging with people who aren't coming to church? So I, I ask them, and they're like, well, what should I wear? Because I think unintentionally we've set up the church to be a gathering for the godly. A gathering for those who put on their best for the Father God. Because when we step into the Holy of Holies, we have to have our best on. We cannot reveal sin. Oh, no. We cannot reveal dirt. He would not like that. He's the God who likes it perfect. And if his children aren't perfect, get out. This is not a place for you. And unintentionally, I don't think we do it intentionally. 
But I think unintentionally, we've set up the church to be a place for holy people. I can't go to church. I've got to get my act together. Why? Because we set this thing up to be like a place where you have to come before God as a clean vessel, then he can use you. When actually it's the total opposite. When God wants everything. So today, I've entitled today, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is our title for today. Bring your dirt. Bring your dirt. Bump your neighbor. Tell them. Bring your dirt. Bring it all. Bring it all. Could it be that we've intentionally or unintentionally set this place up to be a house for the holy? Set this up for a place that people need to be pursuing God. But could I challenge us a little bit today with a, a different mindset? That this place is not a house for the holy, but it's actually a hospital for the sick. It's not a place where people come to seek God. It's a place where people come to get sought by God. Can I challenge our thinking as a church to change from the thing of waiting for people to be ready to come encounter the Father and instead invade their world with a Father who's seeking them? Can I define, I'm going to say sick people a lot today or the sick I want to define that because I'm not talking about physical sickness. I'm not even talking about sick and twisted, you know. I'm not talking about that kind of sickness. When I say sick or sick person, I'm talking about a person who hasn't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because how many know when Jesus gets involved in your life, he makes you whole and healthy. And a life of sin ultimately leads to death and destruction. So if we want to just get like in symbolic way, sin is a disease. And when you are in sin, your ultimate path is leading to destruction and death. But when Jesus comes in, he makes us whole and healthy. So when I say this place is a place that is a hospital for the sick, I mean when people come and encounter Jesus, they can finally find healing. Finally. Because everything in the world will not make them whole and will not make them healthy. How many know and have tried? How many have tried to fill the void with everything else besides God? And it does not work. But when they meet the Father, when they meet Jesus, he's the only one that can fill the void, make you full and whole and healthy so that you can come alive to the purpose that God has for your life. So when I say sick people, I mean those that have not accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior, those that are without and with that void and who are feeling the effects of the sickness. But how many know we carry the cure? Amen? Y'all believe that? Mark chapter 2 today, you could turn with me. You brought your Bible, or you have your electronic Bible. Mark chapter 2, verse 14. She's talking about Jesus. It says, as he walked along, as he did a lot, Jesus was on the move constantly in his ministry. It said, as he walked along, as he was doing the things of God, as he was in the call of God in his life, he was moving in the things of the kingdom, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Now I love it that Jesus, in the motion of the kingdom of God, in doing the things of, of the king, he spotted somebody who was stuck in their current position. 
Now, Levi was a tax collector. That might not mean a lot to you because tax collectors aren't like looked at like this as they were in the Bible. But people hated tax collectors. I mean, despised. They were the lowliest of lows because they were notorious for stealing. Notorious for collecting taxes and taking a little extra for themselves. So they were usually very rich, wealthy people, and they're usually very good at lying and stealing and cheating. So this is where Jesus spots Levi in the middle of tax collecting. It must have been April 15th, you know. He was in the middle of what he was doing. And the Bible does not say that Jesus approached Levi and said, Levi, hey man, if you're ready to leave that life of cheating, stealing, lying, if you're ready for that, I have a life for you. I have a church for you to get involved in. I have a ministry for you to be involved in. If you're ready to leave that, it's time to come. What does Jesus say instead? Follow me. Jesus saw where Levi was currently and called him to his called purpose. You see, we are called to draw people from their current position into their called purpose. And the only gap is the call. The only thing that stands in between Levi being a tax collector and Levi becoming someone who is in the motion of ministry is the call of Jesus. And when Jesus gets involved and he calls, he says, Levi, come. You know what happened? Levi didn't say, oh, hold on, Jesus. I got a lot to do here. I got to like, I got to get my life in order. I got I to gotta make sure all these things are good before I follow you. What does it say? He says, he got up and left. You have no idea where people are. You have no idea where people are. I went to Indonesia with my uncle. After college, I had one of those gap years. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to go spend some time. And so I lived in Indonesia with him. And I got to meet all the people that were working with him. And he had this guy that would drive us around in this big bus because over there it's like crazy. It's, it's worse than Jersey driving, if you can just imagine that. And it's just crazy. Like people are making up rules and hitting goats. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's wicked crazy. So this guy was driving us around. I got to know him. And I started just, just a friendship with him and started talking with him. And I started realizing that this dude had so much potential inside of him. How many of you have ever met somebody that they're living for something that's way below their um, potential? And I saw this greatness in him. And so I just started speaking it out. I was like, bro, you know, you're really good at just making people feel really amazing. And you're a leader. You're a leader. And I, every time I talk to me, ah, no, ah, no, no. Yes, you're, you're amazing. I just started pouring life into him, just doing life with him in Indonesia. Just started just encouraging him. Nothing happened. I went back to the States. No big deal. Got back in life. And I remember I got a call from my uncle uh, a couple months later. And he was like, hey, do you remember the guy that drove us around? I was like, yes. Yo, how's he doing? And he's like, he's not driving for us anymore. And I was like, oh, no. What happened? He's like, no, 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 you have no idea. Like, when you were down and you made such an impact on his life, he actually gave up smoking, gave up alcohol, gave up partying, quit his job, and now he's licensed and helping me raise up ministers to go launch churches all around Indonesia. Can I just tell you, you have no idea who you're talking to. You might be talking to the next 
great leader that will transform the nation. You might be talking to the next president. You might be talking to the next one who's going to start a revival that will shake the next generation. You have no idea. And when, when God, when Jesus called Levi out of tax collecting, he got up and he left. And he followed him right away. Basically, Jesus was saying, hey, I see where you're at. Bring your dirt. We'll take care of that on the way. We'll take care because Jesus believed in the process. And it's amazing that, that God, when he gets involved with us, it makes such a big impact that we don't know where people are currently. And when you see someone in your current position, it's very easy just to judge that they might not be ready. I mean, if you saw Levi back in the day, and he was in the middle of cheating and stealing, and maybe you have someone in your life that you see right now, and you're like, Lige, they're not ready for church. They got, a, they got a lot of things to work out. They're a person that if I brought them to church, they'd probably make a lot of people blush. They would say things that aren't right. They'd be politically incorrect. They wouldn't know the lingo or, or how to love people. Like, they just have a lot of things they need to work out. Can I tell you that Jesus looks way past that into the potential that he put inside of them from the beginning of time. And it's not for us to judge where they are. It's for us to call to what he's called them to. And when we get involved in the mission of God, we start calling purpose out of people. We start drawing those things out that have already been there without, without us even being involved. That before the beginning of time, God created us with a yearning and a longing to be with him. The Bible says that he created us in the image of himself. He put it inside of us. So when we call people out of where they currently are, and we call them into the called purpose, we're literally just drawing out what the Father already spoke there before the time began. Isn't that amazing? Now, this story is good, and it's like, oh, cool, Levi, you know, he did that, but maybe Levi doesn't mean much to you. You know, you're like, I, I know the, the gene company Levi's. You know, that's pretty cool. Maybe this dude started that back in the Bible times and made jeans. I don't know. But, you know, Levi doesn't make much sense. But it, it makes a little bit more sense when you understand that Levi was another name for Matthew. And, and Levi was another name for Matthew. And this was actually the calling of Matthew who wrote the gospel of Matthew. Now that changes everything. Now all of a sudden, it's not just some random tax collector who got involved in the mission. You have no idea who you're calling. It might be the one that, that writes a book that sets people free. The one that will set captives free with their life and their mission. You have no idea. Keep going in the story. In verse 15, it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. So now Levi is following him. And now Jesus is invited into Levi's house. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Levi was a popular dude. He had influence. And maybe it was because, you know, in his past life, he, you know, he had so much that maybe he made it rain at parties. I don't know. Maybe he was a guy that was just super cool. But all of a sudden, the keys that were in his hands of authority and the rooms that he could influence now belonged to Jesus. And Jesus could walk in and influence those that were still sick. How many know that when people get well from being sick, now they carry the cure and know how to get better from sickness? And when God rocks our world, that's the beauty and the power of the gospel. 
is that when God changes our life, now all of a sudden we have recollection of how he moves and can work in those around us. And now we can influence those in our circle and become those that are influencing those around us. And I love it because Jesus wasn't afraid to sit down with sinners. He wasn't afraid of it. And I have to ask you a question. Are you okay to sit down and eat with those who don't look like you? Those who don't believe in the same thing you believe in. Those who might not talk like you or been from where you're from. Are you okay? Because Jesus broke into the place that the sick people were. And the Bible keeps going, and it says in verse 16, when the teachers of the law saw, the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, all of his followers, hey, why is Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, the great son of man, why is he eating with the sinners? Ew. Basically, yo, Jesus, don't you know the church is for holy people? Don't you know we're supposed to be hanging out with the holies? You know? Hashtag we better than all. Hashtag let's just stay here. Hashtag let's stay comfortable in our Christian bubble. Right? Hashtag only do dinner with Christians. And here's Jesus, and he's in the midst of the sick. When's the last time you ate with sick people? When's the last time you did a dinner date with someone who needs the healer? That's not to convict. That's to challenge us as the church to be like Jesus, look out for opportunities to invest in and call out of current position into the called purpose. How many know that when the church becomes the church, when you start working the things of God, there will be haters. There will be haters. Why are they doing that? Why are they reaching those kind of people? Why are they doing dinner with that kind of person? Come on, there's gotta be more than that. But can I tell you that God is so in love and so obsessed. In fact, verse 16, when the teacher, of the, oh, I'm sorry, verse 17, he said, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus was obsessed with those who need a healer. And if we want to truly be the church that's in motion, the church who's revealing him, we have to be obsessed with people who need a healer. We have to be so broken. That's why we pray all the time. God, break our heart for what breaks yours. Because we, we, we get his heart when it invades ours. All of a sudden, we see people differently. All of a sudden, you start weeping over things that you never would before. And you're like, I'm such a crybaby now. I like cry over everything. But it's good. When you're crying over the lost, when you're crying over the things that he cries over, you know you've touched the heart of the Father. You know his heart has invaded yours. He said it's not for the sick because his mission was the overflow of his meeting. I want you to write this down. Your mission will come out of the overflow of your meeting. Can I implore you? 
that everything we do here is just to empower you for everything you do out there. Come on, somebody. Do you believe it? Everything we do in here, all the teaching, all the worship, all the prayer, all the things we do in groups, we gather and we do life in circles. Everything is just to empower us to be the church in motion, to go out there and rock the world for Jesus Christ. It's the ones that are looking for Levi's, looking for Levi's. But we got to be obsessed with those who need a healer. Obsessed. So I got to ask you, who's the Levi in your, in your life? Who are the Levi's in your life? That you see, you see, current position, not all that great. Called purpose, so much potential. What's standing in the gap is you making the call. Let that settle in for a second. You could be the alteration of someone going from current position, being sick, to called purpose, being alive in Christ. In fact, not just being alive in Christ, but setting others free. When I get to heaven, I want a line of people behind me because of those that I influenced, those that I sought after, those that I saw in their current position. I saw the Levi, and I said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yo, follow my example. I'm going to show you what love is. I'm going to show you what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you what it is to be generous. I'm going to show you what it is to love. I'm going to show you what it is to forgive. And when I do that, it's going to set you free. I'm going to call that out. I'm going to call that out of you. Draw it out. So I want to take a couple moments today because it's almost like if your loved one was all of a sudden diagnosed with a deadly disease, right? And all of a sudden, they were on this path to death. The doctor gave you some time, you know, that he was like, you know, you have this much to live. Now, the, the, the great thing about this is you hold the cure. You got an endless supply of the cure. You got a warehouse with this cure, okay? You got a place where a lot of people who have the cure all meet and gather. We all hold the cure. This is great news. Now, wouldn't you think that if you held the cure to the sickness that was killing your loved one, wouldn't you think you would do anything in your power to make sure they got that cure? I mean, wouldn't you think that you would be obsessed with making sure that they tasted the cure and to get into the warehouse and get all the endless supply that you hold? Would you think that we'd be obsessed with that? Or if they said, hey, I'm not ready to come to the warehouse. I'm not ready to come to the hospital. I'm not ready to get the cure yet. Wouldn't you think you'd be obsessed with revealing just a little dose of the cure through your life, bringing a little vial, all that you could carry to them and say, hey, you got to experience this. This is healing. This is wholeness. And until we gather that passion and that, that heart for the lost, we hold selfishly the cure. And this isn't to condemn. It's not to convict. It's to speak to all of us and say, what are we holding on to? And who are we reaching out to? And where's God placed us that we see the Levi's? We see those in our lives that are without hope. They're without that, that, that cure to heal them of the disease that they have. 
to cure them, to make them know that their father is so obsessed with them. And there's a life for them when they step into the hope of Jesus Christ. So I want to do something today. It's a little different. But I want to take some time and I want to write down five Levi's that you have in your life. And we're going to take some time. We're going to pray over them. But just for a couple minutes, I want you to take out your phone or there's a, there's a card in the middle of the table that has notes on it. You can put it on there. But real quick, we're all going to do this as a church. Write down five Levi's that you have in your life. Who are five people that God has placed in your life that you know they're in a current position, but you know God has called them to a purpose. God's called them to something greater. All this is for you, Jesus. Go ahead and take a couple minutes. We love you. We'll never stop. All this is for you, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. If you have more than five, that's good. Write them down. Who's God placing on your heart? We love you, oh, never stop. You got your five? Is everybody good? You need more time? Just give me a signal if you need more time. Awesome. All right, stand to your feet. We're going to do something. I want you to find somebody, one person, go to them and exchange lists. Okay? Exchange lists, and we're going to pray over each other's lists, okay? All right, I want you to pray over those names out loud. Just pray over them and say, God, give us opportunity. And, and the person that you're praying for the list, get their name so you can pray for them personally. Say, God, I just pray for this person that you would help them have opportunity to really reach out and show your love, to call into the purpose. Come on, just pray over those names right now. God, we just pray for your light to shine. Pray for opportunity. Call to greatness. Dads, moms, this is a great opportunity to do this with your kids. Do this with each other. Just really just challenge each other. God, we just pray for these names. Pray for these Levi's that don't know their purpose yet. Don't know the hope that you have for them. God, we do life on purpose. We hold this calling of being the church. Hallelujah, Father. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. God, we just pray over these names. Help us to reach out. Help us to pour your spirit out, Lord God, on these. To show your love, not to convict, not to condemn, but God, to come in with love, come in with hope, 
to call greatness out of, to encourage, to speak life. It's like Jeremiah where he prophesied over the dead bones. We speak life to the dead things. We speak light into the darkness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. All right, can you just lift up your hands and say, God, invade my heart. Help it to break for the things that breaks your heart. Help us to be the church everywhere we go. God, that we be bold in the way that we react, in the way that we love, in the way we pursue. We don't just wait. We're not bystanders. We pursue those who need you. We pursue opportunities to spread love. We pursue opportunities to pour life into. We pursue opportunities to be generous and to show people the kingdom of heaven. We pursue those things and step into a life where we're coming alive to our purpose so that others can come alive to theirs. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, can you give him a shout of praise? Who he is. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.